Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast uh, and Facebook Live Simulcast. I'm Kevin Acey. I cover the Padres for the Union Tribune. And, and I again, I cover the Padres for the Union Tribune. Or, or shortly, I, I am scheduled to. Uh, and Jay Posner, the uh, handsome gentleman in his uh, study where the magic happens. That's the sports editor of the Union Tribune. Uh, Jay, um, been a while since you've done this. It is. And the study is, study is putting it uh, a little over the... A little over the top there. It's the it's it's the home office. I I, I got all dressed up today with a, a t-shirt which feels like day number seven thousand in a row with just a t-shirt. I think I've had a collared shirt on twice in the sixteen weeks now that uh, I've been working at home. But it's been nice. Uh, saved a lot of money on gas. Saved a lot of money on laundry. Uh, saved a lot of money on eating out. So. But very disappointed, obviously, not to have sports going on, and let alone, you know, the fact that there's been so much tragedy in the world. But uh, we are here to talk about the Padres, and they are starting up this week, right, Kevin? You'll be out at uh, Petco Park, one of the few people allowed allowed in. When tell us tell us what's going on when that's going to start. Uh, Friday, first squad workout. Uh, players, uh, they've started their, their intake processing, which is, uh, you know, all the health screening uh, tests, they quarantine for a while. Uh, around the, the first, so uh, that would be tomorrow, um, players <laughs> out back in the facility, provided they have done this intake uh, screening, uh, which will be the first of uh, many, many screenings that these guys go through. Players will work out uh, limited time, uh, at least in the beginning. They'll be in uh, stages. Most of your young guys, and Jay and I will talk about the roster soon, uh, most of your younger guys, guys that aren't going to or that they don't anticipate to be in the Major League roster, uh, will be working out at USD, be mostly housed there. Uh, we have a lot of time to go over how uh, incredibly uh, just detailed, intricate, uh, complicated, uh, challenging this process is for the Padres, but uh, they'll be there for three weeks. Uh, most likely, they're not one of the four teams playing on July 23rd, uh, but uh, going to play on uh, July 24th. Jay, I'm curious, as we talk about all this, I feel like it needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. I got advice yesterday, which was, I can't think about this dark cloud that's hanging over us, that the season be scrapped at any moment. I have to go as if this is the beginning. I can't think that way, right? Got to just play. What are what are your biggest concerns? What are your thoughts as, as we act as if this season's going to happen? Well, I mean, the obvious concern is the idea that how many people are going to get sick. I mean, we've seen in, in several states where the virus has sort of taken off again, and there's a lot of teams. I mean, look at LA County. They've already closed the beaches for 4th of July weekend. Uh, you know, cases are rising here. Arizona seems to be uh, a little bit out of control right now. Texas, Florida uh, saw today that Massachusetts and I believe New York have quarantines in effect for when people show up. I was uh, wondering about that. I mean, if you have a series at, at Fenway Park in to start the season and you're coming, if you're the Tampa Bay Rays or the Orioles and you're coming from one of these states not on the list, how is that going to work? I just think there are so many logistical challenges right now that uh, lie ahead of everybody over these next few weeks. But at the same time, like you said, we have to proceed as though there's going to be a season, I guess, until there isn't. Uh, And, you know, the Padres will be out there every day at at Petco until they're not. And, you know, I I guess all you can do is, is hope that people have the best interest of not just the players 
uh, at heart, but also all the staff members on the team or associated with the team that are going to be out there, whether it's the PR department or the training staff or just anybody that's involved in putting this together. Uh, I, I saw there was, you know, you wrote about tier one, tier two, tier three at, at ballparks. There's just so much involved in, in all of this. I, I guess the big concern is that, that people stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And I will tell you, and, and again, the story that I wrote, my big takeaway from what Major League Baseball is going to try to do is they are taking like all it's it's incredible, the detail and all the precautions yeah. that they're taking in the testing. Um, but it also shows how it's a house of cards and that it could be over uh, at any time. That said, they these people uh, that will be involved, especially tier one. To your players, your staff, uh, they will be largely isolated. You're going to have great medical care. They're going to be monitored. Um, now they do have to go out in public at some point. They do have to go home and be around other people who aren't enjoying the same sort of, you know, quasi quarantine. Um, so uh, I just feel like that needed to be addressed. Jay, we're uh, we're going to see some baseball or at least some workouts here uh, starting on Friday. The Padres announced 52 players in their player pool. That means that they have eight more spots that they could add people if they need. I think right. the thing that was uh, shown in every team's roster is by the number of prospects, and the Padres have their top 13 prospects by most estimations uh, will be coming, um, they're not planning to have to use all 60 players. They're, they're not planning for like 20 positive tests at a time and this mass. Uh, what was your big takeaway from uh, the roster constructions at the start? I guess the the biggest question I had was guys like uh, uh, Dozier and Lagares who were what? in camp as non-roster players, and now they're not on this 52-man roster. Uh, what do we make of that? Are they going to be? Is there a reason that they were left off? Some sort of procedural procedural reason, or is it something where they're suddenly not in the plans of the team anymore? Which seems a little bit hard to believe since both of them. We're in strong contention for roster spots uh, when this all started. So that that was uh, along with all the young guys and and how much are they really going to use these young guys? Because if if they go on the roster, obviously that's going to start their service time clock, and I'm sure that they don't want to do that uh, unless you know there's a, a a reason. I mean, I think you know C.J. Abrams is a perfect candidate in the tenth inning. He's the guy you probably want on second base. Uh, might be the fastest guy in the organization, but do you want him out there and start his clock? I, I, there's a lot of questions like that, but those are the big things for me. Uh, so help me out. What, what What's going on with Dozier and Ligaris especially? Yeah, there are a lot of little quirks to address your last thing that, that could happen, though, is, is uh, C.J. Abrams, you know, that much faster that uh, he would take up a roster spot. Then, you know, you got to be thinking beyond uh, 2020. It's going to be about development. C.J. Abrams is one of say 10 guys that is going to be in camp that has a uh, very little chance, zero to very little chance of being in the majors this year, but heck who knows what's going to happen. Um, there are a number of guys, uh, Taylor Trammell, uh, Mackenzie Gore, Luis Patino. Gosh, I would expect to see them uh, this year as you would have under a, a normal season. Mm-hmm. Address a uh, Lagares, not as surprised by that one, just because of the number of outfielders they have Dozier. I was surprised and I thought it was procedural uh, in terms of, having to, and I won't go too into it because I'm still kind of like getting my arms around it, but in terms of having to, uh, you know, once you put him on the roster, if you take him off, uh, he's gone. Uh, That was told it wasn't procedural, that they just felt like they had 
they they liked what they saw in the last three and a half months from Jurickson Profar. You've got Garcia, you've got Ty France, Jake Cronenworth. Uh, they, they 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 do like these guys, and that Brian Dozier. Uh, not that anyone's too expensive this year, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, at thirty seven percent of their pay, but. Uh, they just didn't feel that he was a guy who was as close to being on their roster considering how they want to uh, construct it. That said, he's still under uh, contract and, and he could be added. I would say I'm, is he, is he, I have 100% of that story in terms of Dozier was in Mississippi and, and perhaps he just couldn't get there or he wasn't ready. I, I'm not entirely sure I got the whole story there. So is he is Dozier under contract with the Padres at this yes. point? So, yes. Okay, so, so somebody else couldn't you know, the Orioles couldn't decide that they're going to sign him right now. Um, By, I believe it is, Jay, and again, is, look, the 101 pages I left are, are read are eight or nine pages short of what's out there right now. And, and every time I talk to someone, they're like, well, we're, we're checking for clarity on that. I believe Sunday is, is when they have to sort of decide, have decided okay. whether these guys are going to be on there or not. And then right. guys are, there has to be a transaction made, like a release, um, I believe that's the case with guys like Dozier and Ligaris. Okay. Were there any other things that surprised you in terms of the uh, of the roster when you when you saw guys that were on it or maybe weren't on it? A, a little bit the number of prospects because again, and maybe I just got too freaked out. I'm not an alarmist by any means, but <laughs> the manual and how even a player exposed to a player who is symptomatic has to be tested. And could potentially have to sit out a game because let's say that that player was tested. The test comes back in 24 hours. He could only have to sit out one game. What if that happens to three guys? I thought there would be more players at the ready. I just did. And and mm-hmm. I, I guess the, that you went down to your uh, Tucupita, Marcano, uh, and, and that sort of player, uh, Cantillo, that uh, Weathers uh, – yeah. Not so much weathers. I thought that was a real, you know, I thought that was a fairly predictable move. But anyway, the fact that you went down uh, to guys who are not going to be in the majors this year, that surprised me uh, a little bit. Is there a development uh, angle to that? Uh, That's got to be the main thing, right? Because otherwise these guys, I mean, we're expecting an announcement today that the minor league season is officially canceled, which we figured anyway. But it it seems like that's really the only way that they're going to get any any development out of these guys is to is to put them on the roster and at least be able to go through workouts and interest squad yeah. games and things like that, right? That's exactly it. It's the only way. You got major league uh, coaching. Uh, they're at the facilities. They're monitored. They're being coached up the way that uh, the organization wants them to be coached up. Uh, it's like a no brainer, which is why you figured a half a dozen or more of those guys uh, have them around other major leaguers at camp throughout the season. Um, but I just was surprised at the number of them. But absolutely, this is uh, what a lot of teams chose to do because right, right. they are going to – I mean, that's huge. It's like the ramifications of this, that's one way. But the ramifications of uh, coronavirus on baseball are going to be felt for years. All these players who lost a season at a very important time. Yeah, no doubt. And even the guys who were drafted this year, I mean, you know, Robert Hassel, the third up on there. I'm sure Cole Wilcox, will, as you said, will be on there as soon as he signs. So. Uh, very interesting to see what what comes of this. Um, the other thing, one of the things we wanted to talk about today was in terms of expectations. 60-game season, should we have higher expectations for the Padres? I mean, my expectations, you know, when we last spoke, which, you know, in early March or whenever it was, would have been that the Padres, if they could have had 
a 500 season, I would have considered that probably a, a, a good season. Anything over that, a, a really good, successful season. I did not expect them to contend for a playoff spot. Should we think differently now at 60 games? Or are we still looking, you know, the fact that the, the cream doesn't have as much time to rise to the top here, if they can get hot uh, and and get off to a fast start, maybe we should think a little differently about this. I do think for the reasons you just said that they are more of a contender. Uh, I don't think that they're, as far as like on paper and what it looks like, it's a bullpen, considering the fact that. Uh, the seasons uh, you know, could be turned upside down. Consider only that the Dodgers have won seven straight NL West titles. After 60 games over the past 10 years, or seven game or that seven-year run, only twice have the Dodgers been atop the NL West. So they would have only won two titles in a 60-game uh, season. Now that said, all right, talked to a lot of people about that, and they've talked about how the Dodgers have always known that the rise to the top and they have time well this year not how dave roberts will be managing the team that's not how they'll be handling the pitching staff or you know gosh having you know nine different players in every night that's not what the dodgers will do uh unless they think that's best uh so won't be strictly that because people will know when they're at 50 games there's only 10 games left this is how we're going to you know be there but there will not be as much separation you know, you won't have as many teams, you know, 10 and 15 games out of first place. Um, so absolutely, I think primarily, Jay, the pitching staff. I see 18 guys that are, you know, decent one-inning guys at least. You know, at the very least, uh, the Padres should be able to construct this pitching staff, uh, gosh, better than the Dodgers perhaps, um, you know, considering that you're going to piece together a lot of games. Yeah, I wonder how things change, and I'm sure this will be – Something that you know you get into a little more as as this gets uh, closer with with management and the and and the manager Jace Tingler in his first year and and Larry Rothschild and how this is all going to work with you know do you throw a starter just three innings now I, I can't imagine guys are going to be very happy about that uh, but you know at the first sign of trouble now do you get them out because games are so important as you, I think Austin Hedges was you quoted him as saying. You know, look, you lose one game and it's like a three, you know, you feel like, oh my gosh, it's, you know, you've lost a whole series uh, kind of situation. So I, I'm really interested to see how guys manage. Do they manage more like the playoffs where, you know, you can't send a guy out there to go through the order, the third time through the order uh, type of thing because you have, and the Padres seem to have a really quality bullpen, uh, you know, guys that were picked up in the offseason, uh, Pagan and, and Pomerantz and, and uh, Pierce Johnson and people that I'm probably forgetting, but, you know, all with the idea of getting to, to Kirby Yates. Uh, so do you think we'll see some of that or is it just too soon to know right now? I absolutely do think we'll see some of that. Maybe in the beginning more of, uh, you know, they're not going to stick with Joey Lucchese in the fifth if he's laboring. All right. 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 But, but I do think that they are, and this was talking with Larry Rothschild, their starters will try to go as but like you said, with the sort of playoff mentality, and especially as you get into the second half of the season, the last group that you really want to depend on over the course of a long haul is the bullpen. They're, mm-hmm. they're so in terms of so if you've got a starter that's going, you're, you're going to stay with them. But it's 2.7 games per game. That's mm-hmm. the important right? 37 yeah. season. That's so, a series. It's, 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 I mean, it really is. It changes the ramifications. So, 
with the number of pitchers they have, and there is no limit, even when they get down to 26 players, they start with 30. After two weeks, you get 28 players. You go to 26 for the rest of the season after a month. Um, No limit to the number of pitchers you can have. So they are absolutely going to plug and play, uh, ride the hot hand. The other thing to remember is the pitchers themselves don't have to worry about the second half of the season. Jace Tink, Larry Rothschild, and using them, does not have to worry about, oh, my goodness, Craig Stammen has pitched, you know, 12 times in the last two weeks. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, that's a it's a really different throughout almost everything, you know, about the handling of pitchers. And I know that we all know everything about the handling of pitchers. Of course. <laughs> of course, everybody does. And if we don't, we'll just ask Twitter. So, um, you, you mentioned the the, the bullpen. uh that's one of the interesting battles in terms of positions. Uh, second base, obviously, to me, is, is a huge one. The outfield, uh, you wrote about the DH today. Let's start with second base. You've got Profar and Garcia. You think that's where we are right now? They're just sort of looking at a platoon right now with those guys? I absolutely think that's uh, where we're at. I- I thought Brian Dozier had only been there for, I don't know, a week, I guess, uh, maybe a week and a half. I thought he was starting to look good. Uh, and that you were maybe at a, at a Dozier uh, Garcia uh, platoon. You got Do- uh, Profar at, at the time struggling a little bit in the field. Uh, he was and and not real hot at the plate. Like I said earlier, I think they've been real pleased. Jerkson's been in San Diego and they've been pleased with what they've seen. Obviously, they for him and he has a history with AJ Preller so Jerks and Profar and Greg Garcia one thing to consider when we're talking about platoons and how what we think it's going to look like Jace Tingler will ride the hot hand and if you're cold he doesn't have time to deal with you this is a you know we've talked about with the pitching the this is a short time there's no such thing as slumps this year uh right that's one thing to consider I I also want to bring up one more guy and that's just because Jace Tingler loves him and again, another guy who's been around and that they believe has had a real nice three and a half months is Ty France. I think that more DH, if he's hot, you know, and Josh Naylor isn't, um, on days they're not looking to just rest someone like Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis, and have them be the DH. Right. Um, don't don't sleep on Ty France, the San Diego State product. Interesting. Um, although we have seen in terms of platoon, I mean, we've seen through his career – Greg Garcia is not normally the kind of guy you want out there against left-handed. No. Bat. So, but again, if Profar is not hitting the lefties, then as you said, maybe Ty France uh, mm-hmm. gets his shot in there. Yep. Where do you think the out? To, just to remind people and and me, uh, where does the outfield stand? I mean, we know Tommy Pham uh, obviously is going to be in left field. What else do you think we'll see? Pham, uh, Grisham, Myers. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Taylor doesn't – the DH is – look, it's safe to say it now. He doesn't have a place to play out there. Uh, and and I see it with all respect for the work that he's done, the slimming down. Um, he isn't a good athlete who was not born with an athlete's body. Okay? Fine. Right. Talk about another guy that Jace Tingler absolutely loves. Uh, so he's going to get a, a fair amount of plate appearances. Uh, I haven't done, really done the math yet what 60 games means uh, for qualifying, but uh, Josh Naylor's going to get his his uh, his at-bats. All, all things go as anticipated. Taylor Trammell, I believe, makes this roster. He was having a good spring. He was mm-hmm. going to a couple days from being sent down, uh, but that's all been thrown out the window for the most part. So 
he comes back and continues to show key for everyone, especially a young guy trying to make the team, the plate discipline that he was showing uh, and the ability to, to hit because he's got the tools uh, to, to be on this team and to be helpful t- uh, to them. But I think that the way we're going to set it on opening day, again, three weeks right. of training to go, three weeks of intense training to go, uh, is left to right, Fam, Grisham, and, and, and Myers. We're not even looking at 200 plate appearances, I think, as qualifying because that would be that would be 40 percent uh so we're we're under two we're probably just under 200 195 something like that i knew Uh, the math was easy enough but i i just hadn't done it yeah well i i haven't either i i i can figure out i can figure out uh, a limited amount of things in my head uh here as 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 we go um i won't ask you to list all the bullpen guys but are there a couple and and really it, it it, are there roster battles, so to speak, as we as we look right now? Because there's almost a situation where, as you said, there's no limit on pitchers. So it seems like they can keep even more guys than maybe they would have before. Yeah, nine or ten relievers at the start. Why? Yeah. why? you what maybe 11 I mean what are your starters and it's going to depend when they come in now I've talked to most of the starters and they believe you know that they're going to be able to get up to uh what they would at the start of a season which anymore is like you know you're expecting a guy to go five innings uh, on opening right. um so these guys have uh mostly maintained what happened was they were trying to keep at the level they were at like ready for the season they had to dip down because they were just throwing bullpens uh but they're ready to go out there right now and, and give you two or three innings worth um, but what can they really do in a game? And with what we were talking about earlier, every game being so important from the get-go, um, 10, 11 pitchers, yeah. uh, a huge, a, I think everyone knows who those guys are. Mm-hmm. A huge thing I don't want to overlook was that this time off gave Jose Castillo a chance to heal. Right. Uh, Finger uh, and uh, also the, the forearm. Now, the forearm was healed, but the finger is still a little trouble or in spring, and he probably wasn't going to be ready for the start of the season. And my understanding, he's been throwing really well, but kind of like, yeah, he looks good. That kind of uh, analysis. <laughs> This is what I get from uh, and teammates when they talk about uh, Jose Castillo right now. And that is big if you think back to 2018 and what he was doing. Yeah, I was just going to say, if, you, if if they can get him back to where he was two years ago, that's such a huge piece uh, to have in the bullpen. Because now you've got really two left, left strong lefties with him and Pomerantz uh, to be able to, uh, to play with uh, out and- there. And you've got like Matt Strom, who you know probably could well, give yeah. innings if he has to, right? right. Um, so those are some pretty good uh, lefties. Uh, they've got guys who have, uh, can go multiple innings, uh, come back, sit down, and 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 come back up. A uh, uh, Strom, uh, Johnson. Uh, look, it's a really good bullpen. Uh, look, there are other ones that have it, but not many teams have as good a bullpen as it would seem the Padres have, and that is the thing that you hear without a doubt where people say, you know what, the Padres are, are, are definitely one of those teams that's going to benefit from this shorter season. Yeah, and I think from the rotation standpoint as well, I mean, I know there were you were probably going to be looking at limits on Richards and maybe not so much Lamed and Paddock, but just to be able to, to have those guys now uh, pitch as much as they can without having to worry about are we going to have them in August and September. Uh, yeah. this, this is August and September. That's that's all you need them for uh, at this point. So I, 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 I do see this as benefiting uh, the Padres the, the shorter season. But it's certainly going to be interesting 
to watch. And I, I can't wait for the, even just for the workouts um, to begin. And, and Me too. See pictures of guys playing baseball. Uh, it's been good yeah. even just to be able to read, read stories, you know, over the past week that are actually about baseball as opposed to, you know, nonsense that we had to deal with for all this, uh, for all this time. So I think that's, uh, it's, it's good to be back and, and I look forward to, uh, I look forward to these as well. And I hope, hope people have enjoyed the video and I look forward to the, to whatever feedback people have in terms of, uh, the experience on both video and, uh, the, the regular podcast. Thanks for joining us. Dale, uh, I'll get my story as soon as I can, all right? That sounds great, Kevin, and we'll uh, see everybody next week. Have a very, very safe holiday weekend.